The Gemara discusses the differences between the sins that destroyed the first base of Mikdash and the sins which destroyed the second base of Mikdash. The sins which destroyed the first base of Mikdash, the Gemara tells us, were very open, exposed types of sins, the sins of the Gimel Chamuras, which Klai Yisrael behaviorally were performing, which were the sins, those were the catalysts that brought the Chorban Habayis Arishon, whereas the sins that brought about the destruction of the second Chorban, the second base of Mikdash, were the ones that were on the inside, like Sinas Chinam, and the Gemara also indicates that it was a lack of faith. So which one was worse? And the Gemara's Mashma. That is the sins of the second base of Mikdash that are worse, and the Gemara's evidence to that is the fact that we still haven't had a base of Mikdash be rebuilt. So it sounds like the sins of the second base of Mikdash, which were private and concealed, were worse than the sins of the first base of Mikdash, which were out in the open. After the Gemara makes this general observation, there's a comment that Rabbi Yochanan makes where he says, We see that the Tsiporin, that the nails of the first ones, of the first generation, of the first base of Mikdash, are better than the keres of the second one, than the stomachs of the, la- of the later generations of the second base of Mikdash. How are we to understand the overall point that Rabbi Yochanan is trying to say? And what does it have to do specifically with the Tsiporin and the keres? So there's a beautiful idea from the Vilna Gon. And the Vilna Gon notes that there are different types of animals that have only one of the two simanim that make them kosher. The two simanim for a kosher animal are that they chew their cud and they have split hooves. So there are certain animals that have only one of the two. So there's only one animal out there that the Torah speaks of who has split hooves but does not chew its cud, and that is the chazer. And then we have other types of animals that, uh, that do, chew its cud, do, uh, do chew their cud but do not have split hooves. So which one is worse? And the Vilna Gon says that if you look in the language of the Pasuk, it's mashma when it talks about the pig, that part of the tumma of the pig is not, it's not that despite the fact that it has split hooves, it is still Tameh because it chews his cud, but actually that, but it's actually the opposite. The, the Part of the pig's problem is that it does have split hooves. The Pasuk is saying it is impure because of the fact that it has split hooves. And what exactly does that mean? The point should be, even though it has split hooves, the problem is it doesn't chew his cud. But the language of the Pasuk is mashma, the Vilna Gon says, that part of the tumma itself is the fact that it does have split hooves. And the Vilna Gon explains that the idea of the concept of the chazer feast and what the impurity of the pig is the inconsistency. When it has problems in the inside, instead of dealing with them, it tries to cover them up and it tries to say, hey, look, I've got these split hooves. I'm all kosher, I'm all kosher externally, behaviorally on the outside. I'm good. But what it's really doing is instead of being honest and open with the problems on the inside, it's just trying to be inconsistent and cover it up on the outside. And that's the worst case, the worst type of Tumah. And that's exactly what's going on if you think about it in the discrepancy between the first and second base of Mikdash. And the first base of Mikdash they may have had problems on the outside, but their inside was pure. Whereas in the second base of Mikdash, they had problems on the inside, but instead of dealing with those problems on the inside, they took to the outside, they took to the split hooves, and just like the Chazer who displays good behavior on the outside, that's what they were doing in the second base of Mikdash as well. So they were just like the pig that they had the split hooves, but they weren't chewing their cud, and that is why they were so tame. So this is kind of what Rabbi Yochanan's comment is saying. It's better to have Tzipurin Shorishon, and better to have problems in the feet, better to have problems in the Tzipurin, in the hoof, better to see those issues than to see the issues about the keras, than to see the issues that are taking place internally inside the stomach. So the tziporin and the, and the keras, the Vilnagon is explaining, uh, are representing the two signs of kosher animals. The tziporin representing the sign of the kosher feet, and the keras representing the sign of chewing their cud, and that's exactly the point that he's making, is that the worst, most impure type of animal is like that one of the pig, where the tziporin seems good, but the reality is that on the inside, the keras is impure. And it can be said, just to take the thought of the Vilna Gona a little bit further, this idea of having two different simanim, what is the symbolism of the simanim, having a split hoof? What is that all about? And what does it mean to chew one's cud?
So to have split hooves, the concept of split hooves is that there's a clear path of what is right and what is wrong. The hoof, the, what a person walks with, what they step on in life as they're growing and developing is the choices that we're constantly making. And the idea of a split hoof is that a person, individual, individual, an individual should always realize that there's a clear difference between right and wrong. There's what's one way and there's what other way. And whatever we choose when we exercise our autonomy, we're click, we, we are differentiating between the power of taking one way and going the other way. That's the idea of the split hoof, understanding the power of decisions. But the idea of chewing one's cud is just the opposite. It's to mull over decisions, to choose something, to swallow it, to absorb it, and then to chew it again, to, to reabsorb it. And the point is that there's complexity. There's times when th- the difference between right and wrong is not that clear. And we don't may have that clarity of what is black and what is white. And we're living in the complexity. We're living in the gray. And the issue is that we need to chew it over. We need to rethink it. We need to work on what's on the inside. That's the symbolism of the two simanim. In the second base of Mikdash, we didn't have Navua. During the times of the second base of Mikdash, the split hoof wasn't that clear what's right, what's wrong. That wasn't the avod of the second base of Mikdash. The opposite. We lived in the dark. We lived in the gray. It was a very difficult, tumultuous period. And what was necessary during the second base of Mikdash is really what the Anshak Nesos HaGadol tell us, the message that they leave us in Perkei Avos, which is that we're supposed to be very deliberate in judgment. We're not supposed to be quick. We're not supposed to be that uh, hasty to say that we know the difference between right and wrong. The split hooves was not the avod of the second base of Mikdash. The avod of the second base of Mikdash was internal. It was about mulling over decisions, rechewing the cud, thinking it, constantly evaluating, being patient, uh, being patient in the way that we judge. We judge ourselves, the way we judge others, the way that we judge decision-making, the way that we even judge our Kaddish Baruch Hu. And all of this was the avod of the second base of Mikdash to rechew the cud. And specifically, that was the problem of the second base of Mikdash is that they weren't doing that. They weren't rechewing the cud. They weren't being deliberate in, in judgment. They were trying to view what was on the inside, just like on the outside, where things are supposed to be very clear, the choice between right and wrong. Whereas what was really going on was required was deliberation, the appreciation of complexity for the times of the second base of Mikdash.